When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Social Security is one of the most complex and confusing federal programs. With over 2,700 rules, it's no wonder that we're confused about when and how to start collecting and who to turn to for help. Welcome to Social Security Answers from the Experts, hosted by Martha Shedden. In this podcast series, Martha meets with professionals to provide you with the answers to questions about this most important financial decision. And now, here's your host, President and co-founder of the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts, Martha Shedden. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Martha Shedden, and today I have with me on the show Mary Ann Keith, a Chief Operating Officer and Investment Strategist for Beden Wealth Management. She's a Certified Financial Planner and a Certified Investment Management Analyst. Marianne works on a team that primarily serves attorneys, lobbyists, and newly single women, as well as widowed women, in the Washington, D.C. metro area, providing holistic financial planning and wealth management. This involves working with her clients' legal and tax advisors to help them craft and ultimately pursue a strategy that balances life planning with financial planning. So welcome, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Um, Let's start with your background. Can you tell us a little bit about what influenced you to go into financial planning? Sure. So I have I have a pretty unusual background. I actually have two degrees in music performance, playing the flute um, as my specialty, which I is played the flute know. too. Oh, oh, wonderful! <laughs> wonderful. But not like not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I found after I finished graduate school and I was working on my freelance career as a musician that I wasn't earning enough to pay my bills. So I looked for a part-time job and I found a part-time job with a financial advisor. And, um, you know, as the years went on, I started to see what the financial advisors were doing and really, really thought about what I wanted to do with my career and realized that I simply just wanted to do something that involved helping people. And having more predictable hours and a more steady paycheck was was also a plus. So about two years into my you know work with financial advisors, I found Craig Beaton of Beaton Wealth Management, and he offered me, you know, a nice career path of obtaining my licenses and designations. And you know, I started doing more administrative work, and I've done kind of every job in the house, and I've worked my way up and have just really enjoyed being able to do do work that really helps impact people's lives in a positive way. That's wonderful. Um, and, and a social security analysis is part of your wealth management services that you offer? Yes. So as part of holistic financial planning, we feel that it's very important to work closely with clients when it's time to start thinking about social security, to go over all the different variables and make sure that 
the choices they're making will work with their overall financial plan. And what, what age do you find yourself bringing up that topic? We start bringing up that topic in a client's early 60s, maybe a little sooner if it's someone who has been widowed. Okay. Um, do you find that the clients are aware of the need to optimize their Social Security and, and put that into the whole retirement plan? I found that recently clients are becoming more savvy about it just because there's been more in the press about social security lately, but a lot of them aren't really sure where to start. They've heard what their friends, family, neighbors have done, but they're not sure what's best for them. Yeah. What are some of the misconceptions and mistakes that they make when it comes time to evaluate their claiming decision? Or are you there to help them before they can make those mistakes? We're there to help them, hopefully, before they make those mistakes. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is is that, oh, I should do what my brother or sister did because they're happy and they don't necessarily think that they need to look at their own, their own particulars. Um, Another big misconception is that a lot of people don't know about the earnings test. And they, they're, they're afraid that if they don't start taking social security at age 62, that they're leaving money on the table. But if they're still working, they're going to move that money back across the other side of the table to social security with the earnings test. Right. And you mentioned widowed women. So mm-hmm. that's a particularly uh, tricky area because they are able to start at 60 mm-hmm. and, and even switch over later. So um, do you work with a lot of widowed women? We do. It's one of our fastest areas of growth. And one, one thing that we always point out and use when we're evaluating this decision with widowed women is you know, are you still working and how long do you plan to work? Because a lot of women don't realize that they're subject to the earnings test until they reach full retirement age. And um, for, for listeners who aren't familiar with the earnings test, what that is, I don't have the numbers down to the dollar, but once you reach around eighteen dollars or $19,000 of income, the Social Security Administration takes one for every $2 and then above. 50 something thousand, it's one yeah. for every three. So that's, that's meaningful money. It is, it is. But it, on the other flip side of it, I've found with mm-hmm. clients that I've done analyses for, there are certain conditions mm-hmm. and it's usually if there's a younger spouse or a minor child that um, it's not necessarily bad to, to start claiming if the, the primary wage earner is, you know, if the dependent benefits are based on that person. Yes. And, um, you know, we had a situation in the past few years where we had a woman who turned age 60 and I got out my social security pro calculator software and it said she should wait, but I don't always take what the calculator says as gospel. In this situation, we, we overrode the decision because, In this case, the woman um, worked part-time and we checked with her CPA just to make sure she was under that earnings test limit. And she was drawing from her investment portfolio to cover her expenses. And we came to the conclusion that for her, because she's not subject to the earnings test, that it made sense to take her survivor benefit at age 60 
take less per month from her investment portfolio, let that investment portfolio grow. And then when she reaches age 70, she can switch to her benefit, which would be much higher at the time. So your approach to retirement planning is different. It's unique. In fact, just listening to you talk, I don't often hear that level of detail with other Mm -hmm. financial planners. Um, Can you share some advice on how this has helped your firm or the benefits you see of this type of planning to the other retirement professionals in our audience? Sure. So I think that this planning is really beneficial because if you go to your appointment with social security, which is now all by phone, you know, they're not going to get into this level of detail with you and they're not going to know your tax bracket, your particulars. They're not going to be able to help you coordinate all your different professionals, tax, legal, financial professionals, or tell you which ones to hire so I, I think that it's, it's very, very important to um, do this kind of work. And if you're you know, a Medicare professional, maybe, maybe you try to link up with a financial advisor that, that works um, with Social Security and vice versa. You know, we're, we're always looking for other professionals to collaborate with, with different areas of expertise. Yeah, it's, it's such a team effort. It's very difficult it to to put all those pieces together, unless you have experts mm-hmm. on all of them, but so beneficial in, you know, for the clients. So how would you define a client's success when it comes to their strategy in regard to social security and retirement planning? Sure. So I would say success is when you've arrived at a decision that the client is comfortable with and a decision that has been made based on their particulars, as opposed to just following a formula or trying to kind of put them in a box. I think success is when you've gone through all the facts and arrived at the best decision Mm -hmm. for the client. Yes, because when they're educated about it and they understand it, they have such a great deal of comfort Mm -hmm. when when they come to that decision. Agreed. Yeah. Um, will you work with clients in the legal, with legal and tax advisors, Mm -hmm. uh, when creating their retirement financial plan? Is this something that only high net worth individuals should do? Do you have a, a limit on that for your clients? Can you tell us about that? Sure. So we, we primarily work with high net worth and ultra high net worth clients, but I do encourage, you know, anyone who's listening that doesn't fit in that category to still take their planning seriously, because, you know, when you don't have as much money coming in, every dollar matters. So your decision making process is still just as important as someone who's a multimillionaire. So I, my advice for someone that doesn't necessarily have the means to have, you know, this large team of financial tax and legal professionals is to really educate yourself. I feel that the Social Security website, while some may view the content as dry, it's, it's all there. It's, you know, factually correct. And I would encourage people to read it carefully and educate themselves and then perhaps 
start by, if you don't have a financial or tax professional, try to find one. I think having a tax professional is particularly important with social security so that you can understand the tax implications, you know, perhaps consider hiring a CPA or financial planner hourly. That's not a service that we offer, but a service that I think if you look around, you can, you can find that if that's better for your price point, yeah. but it's not going to be as comprehensive as, you know, putting together the full team. Right. Right. And that you're answering my questions ahead of me asking, them <laughs> because that was my next question. What would you recommend for people that don't have that high net worth? There's that, um, they call it the mass affluent of people that mm-hmm. are in the middle there. And, um, and then finding a financial or tax professional who is familiar with the details of social security Mm-hmm. what we're trying to solve at NARSA with training RSSAs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the next thing I was going to ask you was about that tax impact. And then a lot of people don't realize that their social security income can be taxed. And I don't know with high net worth individuals, there's not much you can do, but can you, can you explain all that? That sure. How the income is taxed and how that can affect their overall income tax. Sure. And again, you know, I don't keep the figures in my head exactly to the dollar, but once you reach a certain threshold, your tax, your social security payments are taxed at a certain amount. And then there's another threshold where there's a higher level of taxation. So when people are about to turn their social security income on, we do recommend that they consider having some taxes withheld, especially if they're a higher earning uh-huh. higher earning um, family that's not used to perhaps having quarterly tax payments due. And um, you also have to, when you're, when you're working with a client, we have sort of the luxury of having all the client's information. Um, we do detailed financial plans using e-money software. So we can sort of see what their overall income is from all sources. And then in turn, you know, if the client does want to withhold taxes, we can work with their CPA just to get, get a recommendation for the amount. Right. You're offering such a comprehensive plan. We are, we, we think that it's, it's the best way to to approach it is the more information you have the better chance you have at at an ideal outcome right and that issue of i don't know if this comes into play with your clients but um do you ever find recommend recommending that they use some of their retirement funds that are going to be 100% taxable and required to be um, you know, the required minimum distributions, if they need something to bridge that income gap until they collect their social security? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it comes up a lot. And oftentimes, um, what we'll do is we'll take a look at what clients have in their retirement accounts, as well as what they have in their after-tax accounts. Right. And we, we have to be really careful when clients um, reach age 65 that we're not drawing too much from their retirement accounts to bridge that gap before they take Social Security because of IRMA 
that the Medicare earnings sensitive adjustments. So we generally work to find sort of a sweet spot with distribution and do a certain amount from the after-tax accounts and a certain amount from the IRAs, just to make sure we're not moving anyone up higher in their IRMA bracket than they need to be. With very wealthy clients, you, you can't always avoid that. Right. But I think the clients appreciate, you know, when we're mindful of it. Right. Right. And that RMD age that's now 72, mm-hmm. that can really start to kick up their income as well if they if they have a lot in their retirement accounts. Yes. Yes. So one thing I noticed that's interesting, and I, and I work with estate planners too, you incorporate charitable gift giving planning into clients' retirement planning. Um, I know this is often really overlooked in retirement and estate mm-hmm. planning. So what can you tell our audience about this opportunity and, and how that helps your clients? Sure. So I think it's a value, valuable opportunity. It doesn't always connect with social security, but um, so helpful with estate planning and tax planning. And one area where we do a lot of work is we have clients gift highly appreciated securities to either donor advised funds or directly to charities. We feel in most instances, it's better than giving cash. Because when you give a highly appreciated security to a donor advised fund or a charity, uh, the client then is not assessed income tax on the gains on that security. Another area we had just been speaking about how RMDs can be quite a big income stream for clients once they reach, reach age 72. And an area where we've been doing a lot more work is with the qualified charitable distributions. And those um, you can start at age 70 and a half and you can gift up to $100,000 per year from your IRA directly to a charity. And for a lot of clients from an estate and tax planning standpoint, they would rather gift their IRA dollars to charity as opposed to leaving those dollars for their their heirs to inherit now that the IRA stretch has been eliminated for for most beneficiaries. That's so interesting. And tell me more about um, donating actual securities. Can you explain more about how that works? Sure. So let's say in your portfolio, you have a large number of shares of Apple stock And let's say you have, you know, you're looking to gift, let's say $10,000 to a charity, but your cost basis in the Apple stock is only $1,000. If you were to just sell $10,000 of Apple stock and then write a check to the charity, you would pay capital gains tax Uh on the gains, the $9,000 in this scenario. But if you give $10,000 of Apple stock directly to the charity or directly to that donor advised fund, you're not paying the capital gains, you get a charitable deduction. And at the end of the day, you know, you've done a good service by by gifting some of your assets to a charity. And then they um, assume ownership of that security at the $10,000 value. That's correct. It's then out of the client's estate. 
Yeah. And, and the um, charity can do whatever they would like with it. Or if it's in a donor advised fund, the client can make recommendations as to how the dollars are used. Yeah. And there's so many places to donate money. So many, so many. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, what do you believe are the most common questions regarding retirement planning and specifically social security that people don't even know to be asking? So I think um, just sort of speaking to, to my work with um, women, mm-hmm. particularly widowed women and divorced women, is a lot of them don't think to ask about sort of life planning as it pertains to retirement planning. So for example, if um, a woman lost her spouse at a young age, which sadly is the case for a lot of the women we work with, a lot of them don't know that they could forfeit their survivor benefit if they remarry prior to age 60. So that's something, you know, advice that we have to throw in along the way, even though it's not necessarily financial, it does, it does lead to, to financial matters. Um, for, for people who are considering divorce, if your spouse makes significantly more, you know, you forfeit your right as, as a divorced person to spousal benefits if, you, if your marriage um, did not last at least 10 years. So if someone's, you know, maybe nine years in, sadly, you know, it's a consideration you, you need to make financially to be smart. It's, can you stick it out one more year? be able to have that choice later in life. So it's, these aren't always easy discussions to have, but they're, they're important nonetheless. But you must know your clients so well to, to be able to have that type of a discussion about their relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, we're, we find that because we do the holistic style of planning, it's very comprehensive and, you know, our clients trust us and they share their lives with us. And, you know, it's very rewarding to have these long-term relationships with people and know that they value and trust us. And also the, the benefit to this style of relationship is that there's a better chance of getting a good result because the more we know, the more we can help them. Right. And you mentioned that issue about um, not being remarried before 60 if you're widowed. Mm-hmm. I had an interesting client case with two people and they both lost their spouses and they were a couple and they'd heard something about this rule. And mm-hmm. so they checked with me and waited till after they turned 60 to get married. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very rewarding to just to make sure people know little things like that, that they wouldn't be aware of. So, and they were both collecting survivor benefits, which they could continue to collect Mm -hmm. until each of them turned 70. So it's it's really interesting. Um, Based on your experience, what are the top two or three most important takeaways for financial professionals that are helping their clients with social security and their retirement planning, what would you offer other financial planners, uh, retirement planners that you do that you think maybe they should be doing? 
So I'll, I'll try to limit it to two or three things, but I think one of the most important things is to invest in some good software. I had mentioned previously that we use e-money software for financial planning, but it doesn't do quite as robust of a decision-making analysis for social security as we would like. So we also use um, a tool by PlanFax called Social Security Pro. And none of this is sponsored, of course. You know, we're, we're happy paying customers. So the software is really important. But piggybacking on that, the software shouldn't be the only decision maker. You shouldn't always do what the software does. So you need to review all the facts. You know, you need to take into account the client's, you know, family health history. So you need to ask a lot of questions because if the family, you know, family health history isn't that great, maybe, maybe you don't want to wait. Right. Maybe you want to assume a shorter life expectancy. And then you also just have to sort of, I think, is a very important point, just assess the client's risk tolerance. Um, If your client can't sleep at night because of the headlines about social security and their um, deadline and sort of, you know, lack of funding coming up in the next 10 or so years, if if that's something that your client just can't tolerate and it really worries them, then you may have to make a decision with them that isn't necessarily the most optimal from a dollar standpoint, but gives them, gives them comfort and will allow them to sleep comfortably at night. So you mentioned adding on a social security software, how you use e-money. Is that what you mentioned? We, We use e-money as our sort of core planning tool. That doesn't really allow you to specifically narrow in on the social security So it allows you to plug in the social security amounts indexed for inflation in a cash flow report, but it doesn't give you all the scenarios, you know, if here's what it looks like if I take it at age 62, 65, 70, it's not sophisticated enough to um, make the survivor benefit decisions or plug in a scenario specific to a divorce, it doesn't, it doesn't give you sort of the nitty gritty. So we, we feel that that's a nice add on to be able to give a really thoughtful analysis and have a good discussion. And does do um, most financial planning softwares like eMoney um, make an assumption about how much of the client's uh, social security income is going to be taxed? Or can you does it take that into calculation? So most of the softwares do a systems-based estimate based on the client's earned income that you've input in the system, but you can't always assume it's 100% accurate because the client may not have been at that level of income for 20 to 30 years. So we do think as a best practice that it's best to always ask for a copy of the social security statement whenever possible to have the most accurate data. Yeah. So you're very in tune to the impact of social security as a financial planner. And I, I'm sad to say that I don't often hear that level of detail from a lot of financial planners. What got you so interested in making sure your clients understood that topic? Well, I think some of it is just with the holistic financial planning and um, a lot of our clients are, 
either in their social security income phase or getting close to it. And it's a topic that has come up and we saw a lot of value in studying this topic further. We're always looking for ways to add value to our clients and, um, you know, social security planning is, is very relevant. And I don't think you can lose by educating yourself more on it. Right. No, you can, um, you can talk a lot about it. You can offer a lot of input on it and education on it, but it, it's still such a personal decision. Mm-hmm. You can't overeducate somebody, I don't think, on that topic. So here's a, if you were in power question, what realistic changes would you make to Social Security and why if you had the ability to do that? Well, I don't know if I don't know if I can come up with any realistic changes, but any, I, anything I would, you want to say, <laughs> I would love to see um, see their call center at Social Security staffed up a little bit better, reduce those wait times. I'd like to see more robust calculators on the Social Security website so that clients out there can educate themselves and play around with different scenarios. I think a lot of people give up trying to figure out what's best for them because they don't want to get out their calculator. And um, I guess another change I'd like to see is just some sort of resolution of funding of the program going forward. Do you have any thoughts on how that, how that might work best? Um, I think, I think it will involve paying more taxes, but as far as who is going to pay those taxes and how much, you know, that's not up to me and we're just going to have to wait and see and, you know, continue to write, write our senators and Congress people. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of activity in the next decade. I think so. There has to be a lot of activity. There has to be. And that, that um, you will be so valuable when those changes come to be understanding those because there's usually a, a big flurry of media attention and you mm-hmm. get worried all over again how mm-hmm. it's going to affect them. Well, this has been really fun to talk with you. Where can people go to learn more about you or get in touch? Do you work with? Do you work just in the DC area or do you work remotely? So right now we're still working remotely just to protect our clients, their families, our team and their families. Um, The DC area is a very transient area. So a lot of our clients, you know, started working with us when they lived in this area and have since moved on and we still work with them. So we, we work with people from all across the country and uh, to learn more about us, you can visit our website at beatenwealth.com. Okay, and that's B-E-D-E-N. That's correct. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much, Marianne. Is there anything more you'd like to add? I think just um, encouraging people to educate themselves. And if you have the resources, you know, reach out to someone like my firm to to receive that education and um, just whatever decision you make on your social security, do it thoughtfully and carefully. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Martha.